Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right, filling in for Scott Chasen, is Mr. Tyler Graver, the WIBW Sports Director. One person we know ran a half marathon. The two of us didn't. Yeah, I'm in no condition to run a half marathon, to be honest with you. I could handle the other half. <laughs> just, just kind of sit around and watch for a half marathon. Scott's a heck of a runner, man. So, He's well, always posting those He weighs 12 pounds. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's good to have someone on the set that doesn't look like I'm going to step on. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show. On Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive show.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we start things off with our two minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. All right, Fitz. Kansas State is five games into its season and didn't play this week. So, what can Chris Kleiman's Wildcats do to become more competitive in the Big 12? You know, it's kind of funny. Everyone got frustrated with Bill Snyder because he'd put the guys on the field that would do everything right but maybe weren't that athletic sure. and then get run over, but they would be in the right spot mm-hmm. when they got ran over. Right now, K-State's putting the best athletes on the field, and I'm all for that. But these guys have to do their jobs. If you go and break down plays, it's not like everything goes wrong. One guy misses a block. One guy misses assignment. A receiver or a tight end drops the pass. Skyler totally misses an open man. On defense, one guy doesn't go to the right hole. One guy misses a tackle. It's like one thing going wrong adds up to disastrous results so far in the Big 12. We have to remember they went 3-0. Okay, we can admit now that the win over Mississippi State wasn't as good and glorious as everyone thought it was at the time because they just went and lost to horrible Tennessee. Congratulations, Vols. You actually won a football game. Uh, But this still has promise as a K-State team. And you know that there's good ingredients on this team. Let's pause, though, and remember that when Chris Kleiman took over, the, one of the reasons why many of us, including myself, thought it was time for a change was the cupboard was growing bare in Manhattan, that there wasn't enough talent, the recruiting had fallen off, so that there wasn't quality depth when they got into injuries uh, or they needed more backups. And we're really seeing evidence of that. However, that doesn't excuse the guys on the field from not doing a better job doing their job. And that includes the quarterback, that includes the head coach, that includes everyone involved um, so I, that's really where the breakdown's been just little things that can be corrected need to be cleaned up if you're not athletic enough or if you're not fast enough or you're not big enough there's nothing to be done about that 
but you can still do your job, and that's what has to happen. You know, the unit that I look to is the offensive line, because last season, I remember there was such a hyped unit, and they didn't live up to expectations, and through three games this year, I thought they were playing as good a football yeah. as anybody on that team. The past couple of games, they haven't been playing up to that same standard, and that's so important when you want to establish the run like K-State wants to and, do. And if you want to get into intangibles and unmeasurables, I don't think this team's playing with the same gusto they did in the first three games. They're kind of going through the motions. That they mean just, streak or nastiness yeah, they maybe they had. Have, particularly on that offensive line. Yeah, they were mean at Mississippi State, mm -hmm. and ever since then they've kind of gotten pushed around themselves. I agree. Well, KU football introduced a new offensive coordinator last week. Tyler, you were there as Brent Deerman spoke to the media for the first time. And Lawrence, what were your impressions of KU's new OC? Uh, he's hilarious. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Brent Deerman is a guy with a very colorful personality who seems to kind of own the room when he gets in there. Out of that southern good old boy charm to him. And his background is so interesting, as Scott Chasen has so uh, well written about in the past. He has a book on the RPO, and that's a big buzzword nowadays in college football. And we've seen Kansas break that out a few times this year and have success with it. The Boston College game was the big one. And uh, Kevin Romer, I remember at this press conference from Midco Sports, asked Brent Deerman, you know, why has the offense not looked like that since then? What has happened? Because I guess fans have really been wondering that. And he, I think, dodged it a little bit and just said, you know, we played the matchups and this worked out. But I, I'm interested to see how much more involved can we get Puka Williams mm -hmm. on this team? Because he is by far the best player. He's probably the only surefire NFL player they have on that football team. So can, do you get him out on the outside more? Do you try to get him in the slot? Do you get creative with him? I think that's the word we got to use with this team when you have a weapon like him. you got to find different ways fits in this day and age of college football to get your best players the ball as much as possible. That's Puka Williams, and that guy right there, Andrew Parchment, he's pretty good too. I think KU has better skill players than maybe any of us thought coming into the season. You just have to find more creative ways to get him the ball, and I think Deerman is capable of doing that. Ironically, KU might have better offensive skill players than KU state right now i think it's without question yeah. with with uh injuries and depletion at receiver yeah you're just you're seeing uh what happens to k-state's passing game guys can't get open malik Knowles is not on the field mm -hmm. and it's the result of that i'll be interested in see this and i've learned something in the last week i didn't know there was two bethel college bethel university and bethel college <laughs> i thought he was either. from the kansas version and I, he's not no Absolutely not. I was a little lost on that myself, to yeah. be honest with you. He also has a really nasty football injury story about the bottom what? bar of his face mask came up through what? his lip. No. Yeah, yeah, because he was going to the ground as a quarterback, and someone hit him from behind, and the head smacked the ground. Crazy story. You got to check it out. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. It's very dangerous. A lot of stitches in that one. Red River rivalry or showdown? Is it the showdown now? Is it's, that what they call it? It's the shootout. Oh, you book. can't call it. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I think it's the shootout. But that took place in Dallas. It's always a fun one. Oklahoma beats Texas 34-27. Will Oklahoma go unbeaten in Big 12 play this season? I don't see how they won't. You know, most of the time you, you sit there and say, well, there's, there's good teams all through the conference, and surely someone will get them. Someone will pop up and knock them off. I just don't see it. I think there's a real drop-off in this conference this year. Uh, I think Oklahoma is by far the best team in the league. They're, they got the best quarterback. I haven't seen anyone that reminds me of Michael Bishop since Michael Bishop, and Jalen Hurts reminds me of Michael Bishop. He's a running back who can throw the ball all over the field. It's not just Hurts, though, man. It's the fact that Lincoln Riley is got to be the most sought after football mind, maybe not just yeah. in college football, but how long is it going to take for this guy to get an NFL shot? 
at some point. He's got to be sought after in that regard. C.D. Lamb is a first-round pick for them. Yep. He's a heck of a football player. I just don't think anybody can slow them down in, in this conference. No. And I, I haven't seen anybody. Texas was probably the best shot, and it was a decent game. But watching Sam Ellinger in that game compared to Jalen Hurts and the offenses they're trying to run, I don't know if Sam Ellinger could run an offense like Jalen Hurts runs at Oklahoma because I don't know if he's a good enough passer, to be honest. He's a strong enough, tough enough player at that position. But you could see there was a clear difference in the amount of firepower that each of those teams had in that game. And I'm with you. The only game maybe is like you never know what to expect from Bedlam. Right. You know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma is always a fun one. So that could maybe slip them up because it's a rivalry. But Yeah, I, I thought the game was only a seven-point difference. It wasn't a huge difference, yeah. But – I thought it was a huge difference. I thought it was clearly Oklahoma was much better than Texas, mm -hmm. uh, particularly their matchups. It just ended up being a closer game on the scoreboard. I think Oklahoma's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're playing defense. I think the only people who can get in their way to the college football playoff is themselves. I mean, right. if they have an off game, like we said, in a game like Bedlam somewhere down the line, then that's the only way they're not getting it. The only team I, th I can see that maybe will give them problems is Baylor's defense, but I don't think Baylor can outscore the Yeah, offense. Matt Little deserves a lot of credit this year, and, and credit in general for what he's been able to do with Baylor and get them to this point over the past couple of years. When you're over 40, should you wear a hoodie on the sidelines? No, it's uh, really horrible. I know Kellis Robinett is he hates it, and I'm with him. It's he's, very he, bad. He, me on board with that too. <laughs> now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Film and Eleven. Your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Last week's question was: If healthy, will quarterbacks Skylar Thompson at K State and Carter Stanley at KU start all of their teams' games this season? A, both yes. B, Thompson yes, Stanley no, and C, Stanley yes, Thompson no, and then D, both no. The first option was 50%. B was 30%. C was 15%. D was 5%. Very interesting. This is this week's question. When will Oklahoma lose its first game this football season? A, in Big 12 play. I just said I don't believe that'll happen. B, in the Big 12 championship game. C, in the college football playoff. <clears throat> and D, the Sooners are going 15-0, baby. They're winning a national championship. Boomer. I don't think that's the answer, but. Vote at thedriveshow.com. <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you will not regret it. That will yeah. do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They're still expecting you. Now let's eat. I would love to eat. I know. Basketball season's nearing. Kansas State coach Bruce Weber just added a fourth well-regarded recruit to his 2020 class with seven-foot center Davion Bradford. What does this mean for K-State basketball? Fits? Well, K-State had a pretty good recruiting class last year, yep. you know, led by Dejuan Gordon, who will be coming in, you know, playing as probably starting as a true freshman for Kansas State. This is really the first time I felt like in his time at Kansas State that Bruce Weber and his staff have backed up 
a good recruiting class with another good recruiting class. They've always, you know, let's be honest, they had that great group of kids that just graduated and they kind of rode them for three years or so and added some pieces like Cartier Jada and, and Xavier Sneed who are now the leaders of this team, but they didn't really add in a whole class of guys. They've had a lot of problems recruiting big guys, so it appears Bradford is their first really nice recruited at uh, the post, a true post. Some people think he's 6'10". He says he's 7 feet. I'm going to believe him because he's a lot bigger than I am. Uh, and if he can be a functioning, you know, legitimate center, a rim protector, this really helps K-State because even with Macau Moeen, he's max a really good center. You know, he can, he can do the center type things, but he's not a dominating force in the middle. He doesn't protect the rim. They need to have some big guys develop in this program. They haven't been able to do it. But you start going down the list of this recruiting class. you got a point guard in Nigel Pack, a shooting guard in Luke Kazabuki, uh, and then, of course, the more recent uh, commitment from Selton Miguel, Miguel. Really good class. These guys can all come in and play in a year. Now, we're talking 2020 recruits, so they're high school seniors this year. It's really encouraging. And with these two classes, this is a group of seven players that are going to be the heart and soul of the program for a long time to come. It's funny to say for a coach who has won two Big 12 titles and gone to an Elite Eight, but I finally feel like Bruce Weber's got the foundation of the program in place. He's had good pieces. He's used, he does a great job of putting things together. But man, if you've got a group of core guys that yep. are going to be there for four years, you're really setting it in place. I hesitate to do this a little, but I can't help that it pops up in my mind. What does this mean for K-State, in your opinion, with the current situation with what's going on with KU? How important is it, I guess, to really hit on these next two classes for K-State, considering what could be coming for KU? Really important. I, you know, I've said this for a while now. When, when the uh, FBI thing stirred up, that if you want to play by the rules, you have no better coach possibly than Bruce Weber because he plays by the rules. He's squeaky clean. He's known to be that way. And he does a darn good job getting the players he can get. Now, if everyone's on a level playing field, who knows what type of players he'll be able to get into the program. I think it's really intriguing to see what happens in college basketball now. If the people that are cutting corners, and I'm not pointing fingers here, but we know what goes on, can't do that anymore or the consequences are really tangible for them. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to shake out just in general over, yep. over the next year or so. It'll be very fascinating to yep. watch. The Kansas football defense has been hit or miss so far this season. It's kind of like me. <laughs> Tyler, can this unit have some success against Texas if Drew Prox does not play? I think it can, honestly, but it's going to come down to how well can you contain Sam Ellinger from doing what he wants to do. And from my opinion, from watching the Red River Showdown this past weekend and from what we've seen of him, the guy likes to run the ball more than he likes to play. I think we've all seen that. I was actually watching the game with uh, Tom Martin, formerly of KCTV. He had the phrase, Ellinger is like Tim Tebow without all the magic that Tebow had in college. It's not a bad comparison. And I think KU's defense has been a little bit better than maybe people have given them credit for. They gave Oklahoma actually a pretty decent amount of trouble to start that game. And that's a much better offense, in my opinion, than what Texas is bringing to the table. The front seven, still probably a weak spot on this team. I think Stephen Parker was a pretty highly regarded recruit that we haven't seen quite enough of yet for Kansas, but that's another young guy that you got to work into the rotation, and I think they're still trying to figure out the best personnel in these situations. We knew about the secondary coming into the year. We knew about their experience. Mike Lee, I don't think he really wants to watch that film from the Oklahoma game. It was not a strong performance for him. He's usually a better player than that. 
but it's going to come down to containing Ellinger Fitz. I mean, I, I think if you want to force him to sit in the pocket and throw into that secondary that has been Kansas's biggest strength all year, then KU's got a better shot than maybe people give him credit for. But if he's able to break contain and use his legs and be the physical player that he is, that's what's going to be a problem for KU. So that's what I want to watch coming into this. Great quarterbacks for me aren't the ones that make the big throws or you know do fancy stuff. It's on third and four, do they pick up four or five yards? Yeah. And Ellinger does that quite often with his legs. He's because tough. He's, he's such a strong runner. He's not just a quarterback that can run. He can run over you in the oh, process yeah. to get that first down. Yeah, he doesn't shy away from contact whatsoever. But I, I think the, the thing that I just don't like enough about him is that I think he looks to run a little bit too much. Right. So there's a difference between going from your first, second, third read, seeing nothing's there, and then taking off, and then getting off your reads a little too quickly and using your legs. I think he's a little bit more of the latter compared to the former. So it's kind of like this show. Scott Chasen always looks to run, and I <laughs> just stay in the pocket like yes. a statue. We always rely on you to quarterback mm -hmm. us home. And now we step out of bounds. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs fell to the Houston Texans on Saturday, meaning the Chiefs have dropped two in a row at Arrowhead for the first time since Andy Reid's first season in Kansas City in 2013. That was like six years ago. Mm -hmm. I had a few hairs. <laughs> Should Chiefs fans be concerned? I think they should be concerned up front. I think that's the biggest thing. This is still a really good football team. I think it is still all in front of them what they want to do in terms of their Super Bowl aspirations. But the injuries on the offensive line right now are really bad. Eric Fisher being out, Andrew Wiley, and now you've seen the Colts came in. I described it twice this way, and I'll do it again. They got bullied by Indianapolis mm -hmm. up front. You go up against the front in Houston that's got guys like J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless, some of the better pass rushers in this league. You're going to see what happened today. And I, honestly, Patrick Mahomes has taken some hard hits this year, man. I know he's already banged up. That forced fumble that Houston got out of him today, he got completely rocked, blindsided on that. So if you're the Chiefs, you can't stop the run. You're having trouble up front. And I know this is maybe not as popular as it used to be in this day and age of football for legitimate reasons, but smash mouth football physicality still has a place mm -hmm. everywhere. You have to be able to do it to some extent to win, and I think they are searching for that right now six games into the season. Well, right now, it seems to me the Kansas City Chiefs are a whole bunch of flash and backflips and fancy passes <laughs> and lacking substance. A little bit. You know, when you get down to it, you can talk about what a great designer of plays Andy Reid is and they've got a new defensive coordinator this game is about blocking and tackling always will be always will be and they're not a good tackling team and they're not a good blocking team right now either no, they're not and, and you know I think Brett Veach and I saw this on Twitter today and I kind of agree with it we got to put him under the microscope a little bit for some of these decisions because you got to look back at some of the acquisitions in the linebacking core and up front and ask yourself, has he done a good enough job of evaluating talent in those two position groups to get this team to the Super Bowl? Because I think the secondary has actually been a little bit better than any of us thought it would be. Charvarius Ward had a phenomenal play, uh, going one-on-one -on -one with DeAndre Hopkins and coming down with a one-handed pick. Uh, Bashad Breland has been solid. Tyron Matthew has been good. Frank Clark? Not really living up to expectations so far. You let D. Ford walk. You let Justin Houston walk. It's a lot to, to, to handle right now for the Chiefs. And I think you got to look at their draft picks as well and ask, did yep. we really do it well enough up front? Uh, we're going to hear from the fans right now. And someone asked you a great question. Uh, <laughs> I saw on Twitter that Tyler was sitting in tonight. Okay. okay, Tyler, give me a few quick football thoughts on your Missouri Tigers this season from Buck and Topeka. Oh, Buck. Buck, I'm so happy today, Buck. 
It's great. The Tigers are 5-1, aren't they? Yeah, they've only lost once. That was to, uh, Mar- to Marlia Campbell's Wyoming Cowboys, one of our reporters who played basketball for Wyoming. And uh, they're good, man. I- I- I'm very – this is as confident in a Missouri football team as I've been in a while. They have an experienced quarterback in Kelly Bryan who's good with his legs and smart with the football. And they're pretty dang solid on defense. I can't believe they're in first in the SEC East right now just mm-hmm. because Georgia laid an egg against South Carolina. But they got to go to Athens and play Georgia this year. They still got to play Florida as well. So those are going to be All two. All of a sudden, the East looks fairly good. It's open. It's yeah. open, too. That's the thing. You know, I, I think the big thing about Georgia losing was Mizzou, if Georgia loses to Florida, Mizzou doesn't necessarily need to beat Georgia to win the SEC East. Wow. They need to split those Georgia-Florida games if in that scenario. But, yeah. yeah, that's a showdown in Athens, whatever it happens. But right now, baby, first place of the SEC East. Yeah. love to see you, it. Tigers. Get us out of this. <laughs> Remember to ask us your questions, Mizzou-related or anything, on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we look at our predictions here on The Drive. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. And remember to make your weekly predictions at thedriveshow.com. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went 10 and 1. Scott went 1 and 2. And I'm taking more L's than Stan Parrish in 1988 in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm, man, I'm 7-14 on the season. I was and we're make not a joke, picking. But I, I can't top that. We're picking games I know. It's not like I. We're picking like random games. Yeah. I should know this stuff. Don't take me to Vegas. I'm so and now, disappointed in you. I know. I'm my, I don't. My whole family is. And now this week's pick start with Baylor. Surprisingly, plus three and a half points at Oklahoma State. I'm taking Baylor. I would normally take Baylor. But I would be wrong, so I'm taking Oklahoma State. Okay, that's in Stillwater. We'll see. Next, Kansas plus 21 and a half at Texas. I, I think Kansas is going to score enough points where the Texas can't score 22 or more. I think KU covers. Above. I yeah. think KU covers. They've kind of played Texas yeah. tight the past couple of years, too. Yeah, I, I just think the, the offense is going to put up some points here. And it's going to – they'll lose, but it's going to be closer than 21 Yeah, 21 half is a big, big spread. Our last game of the week is TCU a three-point favorite, so minus three at K-State. TCU, which lost its last game, comes into Manhattan as a three-point favorite. Yeah, I think I'm taking K-State outright to win the game, period. I've entered my show-me-what-you-got phase. I'm picking TCU. I'm going oh, against the Cats. Yeah, you right. got to show me you can get this done, okay, and I think right. they can. Right. And the way I've been picking, Casey, it's a lock. Again, nice. make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. We start with Mr. Tyler Griever. All right, so we live in this area of 
overreactionary everything, and I think the NFL is the worst place for it. But I think Chiefs fans are in a place that maybe they haven't been in a long time with this, in that every week we are nitpicking everything about this Kansas City Chiefs team. I got news for you, man. This is how it is when you are expected to be in a Super Bowl hunt every single year. And I, I get this sense of fatigue amongst the fan base about it. And I guess my question is, what did you really expect in these scenarios? Every single weakness, every single strength will be microscopically analyzed to the umpteenth degree with this Kansas City team. And you got to be used to it at this point, Fitz. Well, speaking of overreactions, K-State fans have done it. At 3-0, they thought the Wildcats were going to beat everyone. And now 0-2 in the Big 12, things don't look so pretty. Stay the course. We all said 6-6 six and six at the start of the year. Yeah. Might end up there. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.